Welcome to the New Life Millbrook Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. And how many of you know that you can go through life with a distorted vision of who you really are? And the devil tries his best to give you that distorted vision, right? And if you'll take it, then that's what he'll want you to have, and you'll live that way. But God has a different vision. He's got truth, and he wants you to walk in the truth, who you really are in Christ. Amen? Well, back in 2020, uh, you very well know that there was a lot of things that took place. But one thing's for sure, that what was going on in our country revealed what was in the hearts of people. We all have to admit that if we, had, if we responded a certain way, we responded out of what was in us. We didn't respond based upon somebody else. Isn't that right? Just because your neighbor, how many of you when you were growing up, your mama would say something like, well, if everybody else jumps off the, off the cliff, are you going to jump off too? You see, how everybody else responds has nothing to do with you. You have something to do with that. And we have to recognize, so it was a year of vision, a lot of things took place in 2020. You know, and it revealed what was in us. It revealed that people, some people were living in fear. And he didn't even know it. It revealed anxiety that was in people. It, re- it revealed greed that was in people. It revealed lust. It revealed lots of things. It also revealed to us that some of these things were motivating forces in our life. And then to others, it revealed that you had love and joy and peace. And that was what was, what, what was motivating you. And, and right standing with God motivated you. What kind of events took place, though? If you look back and think about the events that took place during 2020, I mean, I'm sure you can recall this with me. Did we not have an impeachment trial that lasted forever? I mean, for four years, we had impeachment trials, but that year was, was a big thing. The Ukraine matters. Every time you turned around, it was Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And then it was all the concerns about collusion, collusion, collusion. There were riots in the streets. Then we had to deal with council culture, that movement. The removing and disfiguration of, of statues and the looting and the, the setting on fire of cities and the murders and attack government buildings. Not to mention COVID-19. All this happened in 2020. And it revealed to us where we were. How many of you got angry at times? I'll call fire down. You better raise those hands. You know you were. I was. Everybody was like, what was, what's going on? How can we let people? And we understand that sometimes people just do stupid things. But after an entire year of it, you begin to question sometimes, God, did you see what they did? Don't you care? And that can easily start happening. You would maybe voice it out loud, but you're thinking it. You're thinking, where's God? We sure could use some help now. Then we had the election. Glory to God. And all the mess. All the misinformation. All the different things that took place. The word of the Lord that year was to us. Was this. That we were to be walking in, in righteousness before God. And the example, the scriptural example was about uh, Elijah and about how Elijah had gone down to the, to the people there in Israel which were not serving God. Ahab was there and he told him, he says, look, 
I want a meeting with you, Ahab, because we're going to get all the false prophets together. We're going to pull everybody together. We're going to have a talk. And he said this to him. He says, let the God that answers by fire be God. And they said, okay. And you know the story, how they built the, the altars there and poured uh, the wood upon it and put their offering in the, in the false prophets. They cut themselves. They jumped all over the place, screamed, hollered, carried on for about a half a day, and nothing happened. And then Elijah says, okay. Put his offering up there and said, pour water on it. Pour water on it. Pour water on it. Barrel after barrel after batter filled up, just soaked the whole altar, the, the offering, the wood, filled up the trench around it. And he said, let the God that answers by fire be God. Fire came down, consumed what? The offering, the wood, the stones of the altar, all the water that was around in the trench, took it all. That was a glorious day, wasn't it? Elijah was walking around, had his chest poked out. He was strutting. And then he said, I hear the sound of rain. Now, just three years earlier, he declared there'd be a drought. Nobody, it was nobody was going to get any rain around there until he said so. And it hadn't rained. Now he shows up. After he's done this, he says, I hear the sound of rain. Went up there, sat on a hillside. Wasn't a cloud in the sky anywhere. Sent this servant out there, kept telling him to go out there and look. Look, at the, look at, the, at the ocean out there, the body of water. Look out there to tell me what you see. He kept coming back. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. He kept sending him back. Why? Because, see, he saw something in here. He saw what the Lord was going to do. He knew what he was doing. He was under assignment. And so he said, go look again. He come back. He said, I see the cloud of the size of a hand, a man's hand. He says, good. And so he got up. He said, run till Ahab is about to rain. I hear the sound of rain. Rain came and just, just flooded the place. Well, he's pumped up again. He's strutting around. He's going to run to Jezreel before Ahab got there on his chariot. He outran him there. And guess what happened? Ahab was going to tell Jezebel about what had happened. He just killed all the false prophets, called fire down from heaven, droughts over, Elijah's happening, people are excited. They hadn't had any rain which affected their economy and everything. And guess what's happened? Jezebel turned around and says, I will do to him what he's done to these false prophets by the end of the day, or let it be done to me. And Elijah, this great man of God, was like, what? Freaked out and left. Afraid. And walked in that fear, this mighty man of God, for 42 days. Till he found himself standing before God, on a cliff. Why? And it was because things didn't turn out the way he thought they would turn out. And as long as fire came down from heaven, as long as rain came down, as long as everything else was going on, it was good. But when he did what he did by running up there to meet Ahab there at the palace, and he heard word that Jezebel was going to kill him. And that she wasn't in it. He didn't see that part. And it messed him up. He went walking. Left his, his uh, helper there. His apprentice. In a city and kept walking. On the 42nd day he's standing up there. That's seven weeks. Six weeks long. He's walking around that way. He gets there and he says. You know, God's there and he says. 
Elijah, what you doing here? He said, I'm the only one left. I'm this and this and this. He's just whining and crying and all. And you know the story how he saw the earthquake and the wind and the, the fire and all. And none of that was God. And then that still small voice came and he knew it was God. And so what did he do? He asked Elijah again, Elijah, what doest thou here? And Elijah went through the whole same spill again. And the lesson the Lord wanted us to learn in this was this. That success is not measured by the outcome. Success is measured by obedience. Elijah, were you obedient? Did you do what I told you to do? Yes, sir. Then what you should be doing standing here is saying, what is my next assignment? Not running around out here afraid, not living in fear of what this woman said she was going to do. You're downcast. You're all messed up. Quit dealing with that. You know, after 2020, that's where people were. We don't understand why all this took place, God. This, this, and the question was, is, have you been obedient? Have you been obedient to God? Have you given him your whole life, all of your life? Then say, Lord, what's my next assignment? It's kind of like with the election. Did you pray about the election? Yes. Did you vote? Yes. Then you did your part. Ask God, what would you have me to do next? He determines the outcome. Well, last year, the Lord had me tell you that we're not through with pandemics. We're not through with economic upheavals and all kind of other things that's going on. Although everybody was ready for the year 2020 to be over, wasn't they? We wanted to come in here and flip the calendar and say, well, we're glad that's over. But the Lord said, you let the people know that's not the case. We're not through. The flipping of a calendar does not change what has been set in motion. And you let them know it's not over. But you tell them to be at peace, to be at rest. And if you remember... We, I ministered to you up from Elisha being in captivity, basically surrounded in Samaria by the Syrian army. It happened several times, but yet there he was in, the, in a blockade situation where the city of Samaria was surrounded. It was encompassed around by the Syrians and they were uh, closed up there and they'd gone through all their food, had ruined their economy. People are starving to death. They'd come to the place where one woman killed her child, and they ate him. These two women made a deal. We'll eat your child today, and we'll eat mine tomorrow. They made a deal and did so. And but the other woman changed said, I'm not going to do it, hit her child. And went to the king, and king told the king what had happened, and he rent his clothes, and just it was a mess. He's like, what, do you, what would you have me to do? It had come to the place the government couldn't help you. All kind of mess. They couldn't have no food, no nothing. And that's where our country was at the time and everybody in our country. Government couldn't help you. We can print money, do whatever, but it, they really can't help you in the situation. COVID had kept everybody bound. We couldn't go anywhere. All kind of things took place. Yet the Elisha was down there and he was just seated at rest. And Elisha knew something that nobody else there knew. And that's what God wanted us to know. 
And that was this, that the same Syrian army that came down to Dothan and surrounded him was out there surrounding him again. But what else happened in Dothan? His servant came in and said, Elisha, master, master, we're surrounded. And he looked over and said, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. And when he did, he saw angelic beings and chariots of fire surrounded all of the Syrian army. See, Elisha knew that same angelic army and chariots were there with him in Samaria and had all of the Syrian army surrounded again. Elisha knew that all it took was for him to step out there and say, Lord, smote him with blindness. Because that's what happened the other time. And he just took them and walked them all the way down there to King Ahab and said, Ah, right, here they are. He knew that could happen at any moment. He wasn't concerned about any of it. He was saying, Lord, I'm waiting on the word from you. What word would you have for me? If you tell me to smote him with blindness, I'll do so. You tell me to call fire down from heaven like you did Elijah, I'll call fire down. What do you want me to do? The Lord was saying basically to him, you be at peace, be at rest, just sit there. I'm taking care of this. And that's what the Lord was telling us. Be still. Know that I'm God. Walk through this. So what is it that he's saying to us today? Ben is wearing into a new year. What is the Lord saying about 2022? Now, I say this, that here it is. It's a 11-14 on January the 2nd. 2022, Millbrook, Alabama, zip code 36054, 4230 Highway 14. We're now located to this place. Weather, probably raining with wind. Is that true? Yes. Is it true for the people in California? It's a different time zone. Weather's different. Things are different there. But nevertheless, this is happening in 2022, is it right? Yeah. Now, the stock market last Friday when it closed, whatever the points were, is what it was. Okay? I don't really know what it was, but it's, it's at an all-time high type place. It's the same all around the entire world. Just because you're in a different time zone or a different country or somewhere else doesn't change what that value of the stock market is. It's all the same. But the weather could be different. And the Lord says in 2022, it will be that just that same way in people's lives. There will be things that affect everybody upon this whole entire planet. And there will be things that only affect you. And the Lord says, I'm going to talk to you about that this morning and share with you what your responsibility is to do. How many of you are happy about that? Well, I want you to know that we're not where we are because it just happened last night or the night before on New Year's Eve. We are where we are and things will happen in this year. It's been said many times. In times past, things were put into motion to where we will be walking through things in 2022 based upon something that happened maybe even 100 years ago. You know, my mother walked, she lived during 
not during 1929, she was born after that, but the Great Depression of 29, and, and the effects of that Great Depression lasted for 10 years. Born in, I think, 32 she was, and in 32, growing up in Alabama, she was affected by that Depression. And you know what? The Depression ended after that 10 years. World War II came in, different things took place, uh, all the way through it. She died a few years ago, but that Depression... That time frame that she went through and experienced never left her life. Only now is it gone. The effects that it had upon her life, things the way she lived, how she did, how, how she acted, how she thought, the way she treated other people, the way she approached problems, all of that was affected by what happened in her childhood during her depression. I didn't live during that depression. I have no idea what took place. We always had food on the table. Well, she didn't. So the way it affected her life is different than what something that happened a long time ago affects my life. Are you hearing me? This year, we're going to be going through things, and we are going through things right now, that took effect before you were even born, a lot of you. We sit back and we look and we, we, we talk about uh, the, the way people think and the way they conduct themselves, their, their injustice, their, 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 their mannerisms, uh, their lack of respect for one another, the lack of love and caring for each other in our country. Not around the world, I'm talking about here. Won't open doors for each other, being a gentleman, something of the past, and and, and being ladylike is something that's outdated and, uh, and got all this. When did that happen? Did it just happen last week? Or has it been something that's continually grown to that place? You see, we would look at it and say, well, I'll tell you what. A lot of us, some of the older people here, we remember when they took prayer out of school. Oh, so I mean, this is the results of changing the way we thought and raised people? From back in the 60s? Oh, yeah. Changed how we uh, viewed television, what was allowed to be on television, what was allowed to be on the radio, what was allowed to be in the newspaper and print. All of that, and raising up a generation of children, then they said, you can't teach the Bible in school anymore. So no public schools had Bible anymore. No, they didn't do prayer requests anymore. They didn't acknowledge God whatsoever and here we are and here we are we've excluded God from our lives we've raised a generation we wonder why is a younger generation the way they are they've been they've never experienced God but see it didn't even start in 1960s and in the 70s when all this was going on the truth of the matter is, is it started way before that back probably about the 20s the 1920s because the very people that voted and put people in office and made decisions that God's not allowed in school anymore was born back then and educated back then and came into power to where they could enforce such rules. So something started even back that far away. Are you hearing me? Do you see where things is going to happen in people's lives? are not just going to happen. Countries 
rising up against another country and, and business against business and all kinds of things. Things have been set into motion and is moving. It's kind of like a freight train. You don't go out and just stop the freight train. The momentum in go, is going is going to take it for quite some time before it stops. But what kind of effect does it have on you? You can either ride the freight train or get run over by the freight train. Or you can sit there and watch it go by. 2022 will be that way for a lot of people. And we have to pay attention and, and see what is God saying to us about this. The question really about 2022 is really should be do I trust the Lord? But do I trust the Lord? Do I need to change? Turn this off or whatever? I'll give it one more shot. Because I only have about eight more pages. Just getting going. If you would, um, this year the Lord told me, he says, go to Habakkuk. I kind of liked that because it was only three chapters. I didn't have to read a whole, whole lot. But he said, go to Habakkuk, and he told me, he says, you will be reading these three chapters. And we're going to go over just a little bit of it today. Uh, if you would, go to Habakkuk chapter 1. And uh, if I can get everything turned on here, okay. And we'll go to uh, verse 1. We'll start there in a few minutes. But if you would, just listen to me a little bit more. And all this, what I just said, will make sense to you better. Habakkuk. Here we got a man that uh, the name means embraced by God, or it means who embraces God. Do we have anybody here this morning that embraces God? Do we have anybody here that God embraces you? Amen. The book of Habakkuk is kind of a unique book, especially of the Old Testament, because most of the time when the prophet speaks, to the, speaks, he speaks from God's perspective to the people. But here we have Habakkuk speaking to God for the people. In respect of the people. It's, it's, it's changed. On behalf of the people. And uh, a lot of the things that he's saying to the Lord. Is things that's been troubling mankind since the beginning. Things that you and I have also asked. Where's God? How can God let this happen? Different things like that. And to better understand that. Let's find out some things about Habakkuk. Because I like to get all the history. As much information. So I can understand what's really taking place. So we have a prophet named Habakkuk, which was probably also the priest in that area. He'd be familiar with the word of God. He was uh, apparently a musician as well, because all of chapter three the, the, is a song that was written of worship about what took place in chapters one and two. Now he's writing a song about how great God is and how God's going to do. So apparently he was a, a musician and understood worship. Maybe he was the worship leader. But as a trained priest, he would be familiar with the word of God, and he would know that the people of the day was not living righteously. And we'll see that in a few minutes. He would have known that the people of the day weren't treating each other justly. He'd be knowing that they weren't being the light of the world, and that's what they were supposed to be, but yet they weren't. And you'll see that. Habakkuk was witnessing the wicked behavior of the people. He was witnessing the abuses and the injustice of, his, of God's own people on each other. 
not on other countries, not somebody upon them, but them behaving that way towards each other. Does that sound familiar in our country? And in the midst of all of this, he was utterly dismayed and discouraged. Here is the priest. He was discouraged by the behavior of his congregation, of the people, because they weren't living according to the word. Habakkuk took his concerns to the Lord. He said, like, God, I've got to have some questions. And these same questions are what God answers him in the way he answered God. I mean, God answered Habakkuk. Still rings true today in the hearts of people all over the whole world and to every generation. God is about to address something with Habakkuk. That if you'll get a hold of this, and really let it sink in. It's such a truth to it. That it's not only good for where we are today. But for all the generations ahead of us. And all of them that are, that are behind us. It was good for everybody. And we'll get to that. But as I made mention earlier about being that things happen in people's lives. Let me tell you a little something about Habakkuk. Habakkuk had lived in a time where they under five different kings. Five different kings. The first one that he lived under was Manassas. And Manassas was an evil king. If you go to, uh, I think it is uh, 2 Kings in, verse, in chapter 22 or chapter 21, you'll see that he, he, did, he, he reigned for 55 years, Manasseh did, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it goes on and it talks about how bad this guy was. He was worse than Ahab and Jezebel put together. Man, he went out there, and even though his daddy was a righteous king, he went just the opposite way. Can you imagine that? Anyway, here he is. He's done all kind of dumb things. He's got idols set up in the temple. He's got idol worship setting up out there in the outer courts. He's got uh, uh, where the people worship God. He's got idols set up in the inner court where the priesthood was meeting. He had idols set up on the groves, the mountaintops, where... Where they offered stuff. And then he even went as far as having this one uh, fiery blazing uh, metal object, I guess, or stone or whatever, with the god of Moloch, where they offered children sacrifices. They would take the, and he even took his son and took him and threw him upon it because they got it so hot that it burned his child alive and died. And they practiced this kind of stuff, kind of like abortion in our country. Oh. So he grew up, and this is the kind of land that he lived in. And he yet still went into the priesthood. And this is what the behavior of the country was like. And this king died. And his son took over, named Ammon. And he was there for about two years. And he was assassinated by his own people, his inner court. But the people liked the way they lived. Yeah, the children of Israel, they liked the way they were living and idolatry and all the other stuff to the point where they hunted down and tracked down those assassins and killed them, put another one in charge. But then there was this king called Josiah. And so here's this third king named Josiah, why Habakkuk 
was alive and living. This guy was different. The Bible says there in 2 Kings that he walked in the steps of his father David. In other words, after King David. He did good in, in God's sight. Everything was good. He tore down the idols. He removed them all from the temples. He took them all out. He did away with every bit of this stuff. And said while they were restoring the temple, one of them came in and said, King, we found this book. We've dusted it off. And we found out it's the word of God. Can you imagine that? In the temple. Well, it's quite obvious nobody's been reading it. They didn't even know where it was at. Actually, they didn't even know it was lost. So, you know how spiritual this bunch was, right? So they got it out and started reading it. King Josiah ripped his clothes and started crying. Said, we, I understand now, I think it's in verse uh, 13 of chapter 22 of 2 Kings. He said, I understand now why we're going through what we're going through. It's because of the sins of our fathers and our fathers' fathers. We are now faced with what we're going through. And he said, we're going to change all this. He saw that there was a Passover. And this Passover hadn't been observed in 75 years. 75 years they went without knowing that God delivered his people out of Egypt. <coughs> Excuse me. He delivered his people out of Egypt, set them free. They didn't know any of this stuff. And so for the next 18 years, they celebrated Passover. Things was going good. And he died. And another king came in. Who lasted about two months. And this guy. Had made. A agreement with the Pharaoh. Down in Egypt. And said well what we're going to do is. We're going to give you a bunch of money. We're going to do this and that. And it was kind of a favor type thing. It didn't work out. And so he ended up being taken back to Egypt. And they killed him. And a Egypt. Pharaoh. Put another king in place, which was another one of his brothers, except this one decided he'd just do whatever Pharaoh wanted, tax the people and do whatever they said. Kind of like some of our governmental contracts that we do today in treaties. Maybe without the murder. Just the taxation. So here it is. He's gone through these five kings. Do you think for a moment that maybe his... Growing up and the things that he experienced over these many years here has affected his life? Sure it did. And what you've been going through affects your life. So here we have Malachi. I mean, not Malachi, but Habakkuk, who knows God. He's a prophet of God. He knows his voice. He knows his character. He knows him from one end to the other. He knew things that the others didn't know. But now we have an understanding of why the people acted the way they did because they, they never heard the word of God. They just lived by themselves. They were their own ruler. You would hear it come from the, from the priest, but it was like, ah, eh, that's just him. Or maybe it was like church today. Well, preacher got up or he preached real good i'm glad i did my duty now i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna live the way i want to live the rest of the week next week maybe i'll go back if it's not raining if it's sun shining i'm probably going to go to the beach or i'm gonna go to the lake 
And people just beginning to do whatever they want to do. And they're not looking at God's word. They're not. Why? It seems like in days that we're living in, we'd be wanting more and more to embrace God's presence. Not run from his presence. You see, back before a few weeks ago, I ministered on the candle of peace. And I made this clear that peace is not the absence of conflict. And I kept pushing that because I wanted you to grab a hold of it because I knew where we were going. Peace is only found and obtained in the presence of God. And that's what I'm talking about today. Only in the presence of God will you really have peace. So the decisions you make can be made out of conflict, worry, problems, and you're most likely going to make the wrong decision. But if you can get in God's presence, if you can live there, which is what we're called to do, dwell there, be in fellowship with him, stay in his presence, we're most likely going to make the right choices. And even if we don't, we say, God, what's going on? He said, you need to do this. Oh, okay. He's got you. You're under the shadow of his wing. You're walking with him. And today we have that choice. You know, the Bible says there in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to be born, there's a time for death, appointed for death. All that happens between that is your choice. You make those choices. You make the choice where you're going to do this and where you're going to do that and how you're going to live and what you're going to say and, and this and where you went to school and all these other things, who you're going to marry. You made all those choices. And because of the choices you made, was a result of your life between the time you were appointed to live, be born and the time you were appointed to die. You made those choices. And we have to understand that. These are things that we did. And for us to sit back and say, where's God? How come God this? You, you made those choices. So I'm, we're taking the blame off of God because he hadn't gone anywhere, right? Is he still the same yesterday, today, and forever? And if he hadn't changed, then maybe we have, our culture's changed, the way we perceive God has changed. And what happens is when you take the Word of God and go hide it for 75 years or whatever, and it's this lost, people change. The way they see things. But God did change. But things are set into motion because you did not do what God said that caused things to happen where we are today. Take God out of schools, see what happens to a nation. Take God out of government, see what happens to the leadership. Well, what about us? I didn't do it. That's what today's message is about. Because we're getting there. And I got 25 minutes to do it. And no, I can't do it in 25 minutes. We're going to get going. So let me read to you what Paul said about this same situation so we can get a little bit more clarity as we can get into this. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, if you're putting it up on the screen, we'll just go with the uh, King James Version. He said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and all, say all, all passed through the sea. He said, I wouldn't have you ignorant of this, nor would I have you to ignore this. 
That word ignorant there can be translated ignorant by not knowing, or it could be ignoring. So sometimes people were just ignorant because they didn't know. But sometimes, like in the church house, we know, but yet we ignore. Ooh. And Paul says, I don't want you to ignore what I'm about to tell you. He said, all of them passed through the sea. Verse 2, and were all, say all, baptized unto Moses in the cloud in the sea. Verse 3, and all, say all, did eat the same spiritual meat. Verse 4, and did all, say all again, drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But verse 5 says this, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. Now they all drank. In other words, there's some things that's going to affect the whole world, the stock market, and there's some things that affect certain people. Not all of these people were God pleased with. Some he was. Now these things were examples for us. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted after it. Verse 7, neither be ye idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day 23,000. I tell you what, if that was preached more today, there wouldn't be about 23,000 people dying because of it. That would be folks, you reckon? Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted, and were destroyed by the serpents. Hmm. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed by the destroyer. God hadn't changed. Still the same. We've changed. And it says in verse 11, Paul said, Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whose ends of the world are come. Verse 12 says, Let us, let, wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed or pay attention lest he fall. Now here's where verse 13 comes in. There hath no temptation, say no temptation, taken you but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But with every temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's a promise. You may be tempted with fear, just like somebody else is tempted with fear. You may be tempted with lust, just like somebody else is tempted with lust. You may be tempted with the things that are taking place with coronaviruses and, and unemployment and stock market and governments and overthrows and uh, wars with China and Russia and all the other stuff. You may be concerned about... You don't have to fall for it. You may be tempted by it. But you don't have to fall for it. No more than those other people fell by not living pleasing to God. He's saying, no excuse. I like the way the message translation said it. He said this way. These are all warning makers. Danger. In our history books, written down so that we don't repeat these, their mistakes, our positions... In the story are paralleled. They at the beginning, we at the end. We are just as capable of messing up as they were. 
Don't be so naive and self-confident and think that you're, not ex- and think that you're exempt. You could fall, fall, fall flat on your face as easy as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. No test or temptation that come with your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He's always will be there to help you come through it. Question is, is will we call upon him or will we ignore him? 2022, a lot of things will happen personally, corporately, in our state, in our nation, and around the world. Lots of different things. But what kind of effect will it have on us? So, in Habakkuk, I'm sure you've had plenty of time to find it by now. Little bitty book. It says, the burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. He starts off, he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear? How long am I going to cry out to you, God, and you're not going to hear? Have you ever been in that place? I've been there where I'm crying out to God. I'm going through something. I'm hurting. And I want to know, Lord, how long is it going to be this way? And the word cry there means that you're crying out because you want to be free from whatever turmoil you're in. That's what the word cry is. It means to be free from this trouble. How long shall I cry and you're not going to hear? Even cry out unto thee of, of violence and thou will not save. Habakkuk is saying, I'm seeing things that shouldn't be. It disturbs me. He's talking about the people, the children of Israel, his people, not Babylon, not Assyria, not the Syrian army, his people. But why were they acting this way? Because the word of God was removed from them. The very thing that would bring them life was removed. And so over a progression of years, they've come to this place in their life. And he's saying, how long shall I cry and you not hear? Even cry out of the violence and you not save. The word violence means wrong and unjust gain. He's saying, how long am I going to cry out to you and, and about this, this wrong that's taking place in our country and the unjust gain? And you're not here defending the, the righteous and delivering them and rescuing them and setting us free. How long are we going to do this? And there's many in the world today crying out. And they see wrong. And they see unjust things and unjust game being made by different people, whether it be corporations or politicians or whoever, taking advantage of the innocent and the helpless. Going on in our country. We didn't get this way overnight. Even in the church, many are crying out unto God of the unjustness being waged against God's people. Y'all can't have church. That's the home of the COVID. You can't go to funerals. We got COVID. Now, you can go to a strip joint. 
You can go to the beer hall, but you can't go to church. Now, I've been to the beer halls. It's not a quiet place. They do a lot of singing in there, too. Okay? I hadn't been there lately, okay? But, I mean, I've been there. Back then, when I went, you were either singing going in, or you definitely were singing going out. Notice I didn't say nothing about the strip joint. I didn't go to those. If I did, I wouldn't tell you that part. I won't paint any pictures. Too late. We desire to be free from the oppression and the wrong being afflicted upon God's people. We don't like that. I don't like that. Habakkuk definitely didn't like it. And it appeared that God wasn't even listening to him. He's saying, God, what is going on? We know that God hears the prayers of the righteous, do we not? We know that the word says in James 5, 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We know that. And why wasn't he listening? Why, why is it that God was just silent? Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your character, and, and Amplified says, let your character or moral disposition be free from uh, love of money, including greed and lust and craving for earthly possessions to be satisfied with your present circumstances with what you have. For he, God himself said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, or let you down, or relax my hold upon you. Assuredly not. So take comfort, and be encouraged, and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear, nor dread, or be in terror. What can man do to me? Well, listen. That is what we should be. But are we? You remove the word of God from people, they won't be. They're not going to remember that. All they're going to see and hear is what's on the news and how people behave and how people live, and you become like that. And the Lord says, I hadn't changed, Habakkuk. I hadn't changed. You're sitting there saying, where are, wh oh Lord, I, I've been crying out for help. You're not hearing. I, I heard everything. Maybe you're not hearing. Or maybe better than that, you should be listening to yourself. Hear what you're saying. The accusations that I have left you. I have not left you. You've come to me complaining about my character. My character has not changed. You just don't know my character to the degree that you should. And so God loves him so much that he's explaining. He's going to go through great detail to tell you about what happened to them. Like I've told you some of the reason we're going through what we're going through in our country. That's what this is all about. And he said to him, Habakkuk said to God, why doest thou show me iniquity? And caused me to behold grievance. For spoiling and violence are before me. And there are they that raise, rise, raise up strife and contention. And he's revealing. He's saying, God, these things are happening out here on the street. He's saying this iniquity. The, the word there means wickedness. Affliction. Mischief. There's sorrow. Everywhere I turn. Grievance means that, that the pain and the wearing 
effort that, that we keep on and on and nothing's changing. It just keeps gets worse. The spoiling, destruction, oppression, the violence, that unwrong, un, the unjustness, the gain and the wrong. Have we not been dealing with that? Well, we don't like the way things are. Well, let's just loot some stores. Let's just burn some business. Let's defund the police. Let's deface monuments. That'll make everything better. This is that violence that was taking place. The strife. The controversies and fighting. Has the crime rate gone up? Is there more murders taking place now? And we keep passing more laws and nothing changes? Because the heart of man has not changed. It's continually getting evil. More and more. In the Amplified, Habakkuk said it this way. He said, why do you show me iniquity and wrong and you yourself look upon and or, or cause me to see the perverseness and trouble for destructions everywhere I turn? Why do you, why would you do this, Lord? Why am I having to see all this? Which brought him to this conclusion. Verse 4. Therefore, the law, the Torah, is slacked. It ceased or feeble, and judgment doth never go forth, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Therefore the law is slacked. Uh, excuse me, the law is slacked? You're saying God is slacked? He's going to sleep? God's word is no effect? Is that what we're saying? No, what he's saying is this. That the word, the law of God in people is gone. It's not that God's gone anywhere. He said, your law is slack. It's not in the people's lives anymore. It ceased to be here. Which made us all weak. People are doing whatever. And there's no consequences for what they're doing. Would you please step up and slap some people? I mean, that's where he's basically saying, God, do something. Intervene for us. We got people out here that's hurting and suffering because of these wicked people. How many of you know that he wasn't the first one to ever cry out to God and it seemed like God didn't answer him? How many of you know it won't be the last? Happens today. There's still injustice. There's still strife. There's still destruction. They, we have the counseling culture. Imprisonment of righteous people. Throw pastors in jail because they want to preach. All kind of things has happened. So now the Lord speaks to Habakkuk. So what is God going to say after all these things coming to him? You're not listening to me. Why have you hidden yourself from me? I got problem with all this and that. Notice what the Lord said in verse 5. Behold ye among the heathen. How many of you ever felt that way? I'm not feeling that way this morning. Okay. And regard. Pay attention. And wonder marvelously. I'm going to share some things with you. That's what God's saying. That it's going to cause you to wonder above and beyond wonder. You're going to wonder, it's going to be like, this is just overwhelmingly wonder. He said, I got something to tell you. 
Habakkuk. For I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it be told you. I'm fixing to do something in your day. Not next week, not next month, sometime in your day. But it's going to be in your lifetime, and I'm going to tell you about it, but you won't even believe it. Now, I want to ask you something. If God said that to you, I'm going to tell you something. And it's so wonderful and marvelous that, it's, that you won't believe it. I would have to ask myself, why? Why would I not believe you, God? Why would I not believe you? What is in me that would cause me not to believe what you are telling me? But when you find out what God said to him, you understand why. Because he knew Habakkuk. He says, I'm going to do a work in your day. You're not even going to believe, even though I told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and, that, and are more fierce than the evening wolves. And their horsemen shall spread themselves. And their horsemen shall come from far. And they shall fly as the eagle that hasteneth to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up the east wind. And they shall gather the captivity as the sand. And they shall scoff at kings. And the princes shall be scorned unto them. And they shall derive every stronghold. For they shall heap dust and take it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing uh, this, his power unto his God. I mean, the Lord just said, I'm fixing to take some heathens, people that don't even know me, and I'm fixing to straighten y'all out. The bag is like, you told me I wouldn't believe it, even though you told me, and I can't hardly believe this. And that's what the whole next part of the chapter is about. Because he says to him in verse 12, Are thou not from everlasting God? O Lord my God, my Holy One, we shall not die. O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment. O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. You're purer than that, God. You mean to tell me that you're going to take a bunch that's worse than we are and correct us? Could that possibly be happening in our day? Could it possibly be happening in our day that God's going to take a bunch of people that are worse than you to correct you? Hmm. Well, you know, God doesn't change, so could very well be. There are a lot of things that we're going through today is a result of our living, our believing, our actions of times past and now it's coming to pass. You follow what I'm saying? Could be. Running out of time. But I do want to get the point across because some of you may not come back next week. Some of, oh, and these people on Facebook may not be able to tune in. So I'm going to get, jump through this and I'll come back next week and get back with it a little bit better. So he told Habakkuk this. Habakkuk freaked out. Don't fully understand it, kind of like you and me. So in chapter 2, verse 1, he said this. Okay, God, you're right. I don't believe it. You told me, and I still have a hard time with it. 
He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand upon my watch. And I'm going to sit upon my tower. And I'm going to watch to see what he will say unto me, being God. And what I shall answer when I'm approved. God, I don't understand what you're talking about and what you're doing and how you're doing this and all. But I'm going to tell you this. I will stand upon my watch. Habakkuk is using a military term here, being stand. He says, in other words, I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to lie down. I'm going to stand. Until I get an answer. I want to know something. Habakkuk is expecting an answer. He's not complaining. There is a difference. Maybe some of the things that we've done is complain to God, but are we really standing there waiting for the answer? God, talk to me. Tell me, why am I going through this? Instead of just complaining. Habakkuk said that he is standing upon my watch. This word watch represents, uh, is represented like a sentry at a guard post. He's not asleep, nor did he take his duties lightly. He's going to be diligent. He's going to be alert. He's going to be attentive. He's paying attention. He's not allowing him to be distracted. God, I'm, I'm putting everything aside. I'm looking and expecting you to speak. And when you do, I'm not going to be distracted by what somebody else is doing, by what the world's doing, or by some weakness within me. I'm going to stand my watch. His life depended on it. His walk with God depended on it. His ability to hear from God depended on it. What about us? What about us? 2022, where are we going to stand? How are we going to walk about this? Are we going to be attentive? Are we going to watch and be upon our duties on our post? He was a prophet of the Most High God. He had duties to fulfill. You're a child of the living God. You are seated in heavenly places with Him. You have duties to fulfill. Quit living this life and begin to live the life that's really you. Are you hearing me? Because we're just now getting stirred up. Just now getting to where I want to go. And we've got to stop. He said, the Lord is going to answer me. I don't know exactly when. Habakkuk said this, I'm going to stay silent until he does. I ain't going to complain no more. I've said all i got to say. I'll not even allow myself to make a noise. I'm going to be very quiet like that sentry. I'm not even going to be seen. But I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be listening. I want to hear a twig snap at 50 yards. That's how quiet I'm going to be inside. I want to hear. God, what are you saying? I've heard what man said. I've read what's on the internet. I've heard all of the false prophets of the news media. God, what are you saying? What are you saying? I heard you tell me that the reason that we've done all, that we've come through all this is because of our living. I want to hear from you. What do we do now? What do we do now? He determined himself not to be distracted, not to be slothful in his waiting. When we pray, do we pray with this kind of confidence? 
When we prayed, we prayed with such confidence that although no matter what we've done or how we've behaved or whatever it is that's happened, do we pray with a confidence that we're going to be still because we know that we know that we know that God himself is fixing to answer to you and reveal to you? Do we pray with that confidence? Habakkuk did. Maybe we should learn something there. That when we pray, we should expect an answer. That we shouldn't just be spouting off complaints. We should be expecting results. Habakkuk did. Can you give me about three more hours? All right. Well, let me... Uh, next week, we'll get back to this. Because, see, we're just getting right where we need to be. We need to go over this so you could get the understanding that what's taking place in our life right now is not a result of yesterday. It's a result of yesteryears, of choices that we've made as a country, as our fathers and fathers' fathers have made, yet we're being affected by it, just like all walked through out of Egypt, but not all of them was pleasing to God. But yet they all had to do and go through some things. It's raining outside, or was. And it rained on you whether you were righteous or a heathen. There are going to be things that's going to happen. But there's a lot of things, and we'll get into that next week. You, you need to know. And we're going to find out what he said about this. Even to the point where you'll read and you'll find in the chapter 3 what God told him. And he got a hold of it. He began to see it and he wrote that psalm. And he told us, how do we live in a day like we live today? With every head bowed and eye closed, nobody looking around. You may be here this morning, and you're saying, you know, God, Pastor, I, I, I've been doing some of that crying out. I'm not so sure that I've cried out and stood my watch and was quiet before. I might have just been spouting off complaining. And I didn't realize that. I've been questioning, where's God? How come God? How long is this going to happen, God? Why, God? Why, why, why? I wasn't meaning to be disrespectful. But I began to see that maybe I've been accusatory towards God and not realizing that it was me. And that you're doing a thing and a work in me today that even though you told me, I'd have a hard time believing it. That you're a God that sees the end or the beginning from the end. We see too much of right now. Maybe you're that one this morning. And right where you are, you can just repent of that and say, God, help me. That's me. I've been looking to, and living according to moment by moment instead of realizing and understanding that you are an eternal God. And the way you see time is different from the way we see time. And that you don't want anybody to perish. And that you're long-suffering to everybody. God, I've been so busy trying to get you to be a fair God that I didn't realize that I wasn't allowing you to be a, a just God, a God full of mercy. Because if you were fair, everybody would have to go through the punishment. And I want you to be fair. And I've been wrong. And if that's you, just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to come to a place where I know with all confidence that you're going to talk to me about me.
and what's going on in my life. That where I'm living at today as a result of other things that's taking place, yet you still have a way out. You said you'd make a way of escape. And this is it. I acknowledge my prayer life has not been like it should be. I've murmured, I've complained, I've kept silent, not even listening to you. I've been to a place where I just figured, well, it'll all blow over. I'll just wait it out. And all along, you're saying you wanted to reveal something in me, and maybe it was the fact that I've been slothful. Maybe it's the fact that I've just kind of like, well, you know, it's just the way it is. I'll just wait it out. Instead of aggressive in finding out, Lord, what would you have me to do in my life? How can I be a light to my family, to my church, to my workers that I work with, to my neighborhood? How can I be what you want me to be to the people I come in contact with? For I know that your attitude, the Lord says that his, his ways is what we should be walking in, not our ways. Now, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for that you wanted to take the time because your people are well worth it to explain, to, to lay it out before them, your argument for their life. And that your love for them. And Lord, I thank you for the, even in advance for next week. Of understanding your word. So that we walk victoriously. Just as we are seated victoriously. We begin to walk in that. Here and now. In the midst of a crazy world. In a world that's yelling, where's God? We can live that before them. I declare blessings upon the people today. Let your light be upon them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.